What's up, family? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the Faction Powered by Bonnerfied Radio. It's your man, GB. Listen, you know what? WrestleMania is like the Super Bowl, but unlike the NFL, there's no offseason, no, well, there's almost a draft. Maybe that's what the superstar shakeup is. But needless to say, there's a lot happening in the world of pro wrestling. And you know, we've got it all for you right here on The Faction. I am never alone. No, I'm never alone. I've got my good brother with me, Courtney Beard. What's up, brother? Salute, my people. We are all the way up, and you know what it is. It's another Wednesday with The Faction. And boy, is there some shakeups. Listen, there are shakeups, shakedowns, shaking all around. Listen. Oh, God. It's a, it's a very, very, very very crazy it's a good time to be a wrestling fan you know what but is it a good time or is it a good time it's a good time to be a wrestling fan you know one of the things that i love is if you guys are fans of the faction and you just kind of remember you know it's like when you guys are watching game of thrones or whatever other shows you're into and you've been watching for a while you can remember certain key points and i just like it when certain things happen where it comes full circle and people start acknowledging things that have been said many, many moons ago, it's wildly appreciated. So I'm glad that you recognize the amazing time it is to be a wrestling fan right now. Or maybe it was Clack, the absent Clack, who just swore that it was all about the Attitude Era and that this time couldn't touch that time. I don't know. Well, you're stuttering, so that says plenty. <laughs> it's a it's a great time to be a wrestling fan, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you now, it what one of the things that makes it great is not just the wrestling uh, prowess of the wrestlers; it is the options that the wrestlers have that make them independent contractors that can look out for themselves. Of course, but that but this has been my point for the last two years. This is why I've been saying it's an amazing time to be not just a wrestling fan, but to be a pro wrestler. It is a great time for the business. The business is wildly healthy, and it is healthy when there are choices and opportunities. But we will dig into that a little bit later. I promise that we will. But how's your week been, man? My week has been crazy. This week was the official launch of the collective, the the, the venture that we're taking on here in uh, San Antonio. I'm excited. I'm scared. I'm nervous. I'm all those things. But most importantly, I am uh, satisfied. Good. This has been a long time coming. Yes. Uh, You have been on this journey with me. Yes. uh, And it's it's really been an amazing thing. So I'm excited about this Sunday. We're doing a pop-up church. Nice. Which is pop-up church is just, hey, we showing up and we doing something. Very similar to what Kanye's doing. Yeah. So uh, we're excited about it. That should be awesome. That should be awesome. So how can people follow this new venture that you've got going on well of course you can only not just follow me at c major build on instagram or twitter courtney build on facebook but you can follow at the collective 210 on instagram and at the collective 210 on facebook get involved we need your help we need everything we can because we're literally trying to shift the culture i love it i love it so it's going to be awesome again the collective 210 not 619 not 305 (laughs) It's two 
one zero. Find out all it that's happening. It is Tully Blanchard Town. Yes. It is Alberto Del Rio Town. Yes, it is. It is River City Wrestling, Alamo Wrestling from back in the day. So good. Uh, so, uh, I think I may be wrong, but I heard that Taker used to live in San Antonio at one time. I don't know. I know he lives in Houston. So Yeah, you know. he lived in San Antonio at one time. So we got a little wrestling here. Yeah, y'all got something we going on. We got some on. history. It's a good Paige thing. lived here for a second. Well, she she did for a literal hot second. So uh, good stuff. Good stuff for sure. Uh, for me, the countdown continues. We're about five weeks away from the entrance of Baby Bonafide. Had a big, big baby shower. My first baby shower. I've never been to a baby shower in my whole life, uh, but they've did, they did a co-ed baby shower, and uh, it was it was pretty hot. You know, y'all just can't do nothing. See, leave it to Gerard uh, Cleophas Bonner <laughs> to be having a baby, and the baby shower feels like a pay per view. Well, you know, listen, you it, can it, fully it, blame it, my it, wife it, for that. It is the road. It is the road to Baby Bonner. It is. It, it really is. And, uh, I mean, people have just flooded us with gifts and kindness and their presence. And it's just been it's been nuts. So uh, we're recovering somewhat from that. And in uh, preparatory stages, we've got to get the nursery together and all that jazz. But uh, it's a fun, fun time. So Now, will, 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 will the nursery... Uh, also be the place where the faction happens is my question. Uh, probably, at least for a little yes, while. Yes, Lord. At least for well, a little hey, while. I, I, I have no complaints with that. Yeah. I think that this that the baby's being raised right. Oh, yeah. Listen, the baby. Hey, well, speaking of that, so my daughter was here, and we were hanging, and, and you know, there are moments where I felt like I, I failed her as a father because we went into uh, Target and we were looking at some of the WWE figures, and she didn't recognize any of them. And I was like, oh, God, I have failed. Um, wow. However, however, we were watching Raw Monday night, and, um, you know, someone had thought that they identified The Undertaker when it was really Elias, and she quickly pointed out who The Undertaker really was. So I'm like, well, I guess I haven't fully failed. She, Brother, she knows who listen. she needs to know. So she knows who she needs to know, when she needs to know it, and how she needs to know it. Exactly. And she can still defend the business. Oh, she can. She can. So it's a good, good thing. So listen, if you guys missed our last show, it was all about a WrestleMania recap. Uh, you know, a lot, of course, happened, or at least we had a lot of expectations for the Raw and SmackDown after Mania. We had that full conversation, plus uh, kind of lingering thoughts about WrestleMania and more. Go back, check out the latest episode of The Faction. It's available via podcast, of course, on iTunes, on Google Play, and at bonafideradio.com. All right, it's a new week, a new episode, and there is no shortage of topics of conversation. Courtney, tell them what's up for today's show. Welcome to episode 161 of The Faction right here on Bonafide Radio. We're going to talk all things Sasha Banks. We have to talk the Crockett Cup. And did you see the Raw Superstar shakeup? Smackdown shakeup? Kevin Owens, which brand actually won this thing? I'll tell you who's winning. Bianca Belair. This is her song, Watch Me Shine by CFO. You're listening to The Faction on Bonafide Radio. That is radio the way it's supposed to be. This is a total package, Lex Luger, and you are turned into the faction. I'm 
I'm on my own against the wall. The pressure's building, but no, I will never fall. Instead of crying, they hear me roar. And now I see that I'm way better than before. I never needed you at all. Think I fall down? I'ma watch you fall down. I'm living large now. I never needed you at all. Think I fall down? I'ma watch you fall down. I'm living large now.
This is Courtney, and that was Bianca Belair's theme song, Watch Me Shine. GB, give us the news. All right, so there's lots to talk about here in the world of pro wrestling. We, you know, last week we spent some time talking about Sasha Banks because this time last week she had no showed an appearance on the Wendy Williams show, citing personal issues. Uh, many were wondering if she was okay, they thought perhaps something went down. Uh, the Wendy Williams show would later air and say that she stated that she had a family emergency. However, all the reports that are coming out are not saying exactly a family emergency. They are reporting it started with an incident apparently at WrestleMania when Sasha would find out maybe just hours before uh, that they were not going to hold on to the tag titles. She was not happy about it. She actually asked for her release from WWE. Instead, WWE has given her a significant amount of time off to think about her options, to think about what she wants to do. She has on social media unfollowed WWE and has followed AEW and Cody Rhodes. Um, And uh, there's been really not much heard from her except... Her posting pictures of her, like the rest of the WWE superstars post-WrestleMania, on vacation in Mexico. Um, So, we've had a week to think about it. We had something to say last week, but a lot more, uh, you know, a lot of details have unfolded since then. What are your thoughts on Sasha Banks? And here's the question. Should she return to WWE or should she pursue uh, her fortunes elsewhere? I think that Sasha Banks, if she is not going to change and shift who she is, she can go and wrestle for Waffle House and things will turn out the same way that they've been. Uh, I've been very vocal about the fact that Sasha Banks has not had an open love affair with the fans. Several fans have stayed their encounters with her and they have not been worthy of notoriety in a good way. So Sasha Banks gets mad because they're dropping the belts. Now, also, Ray. That this was also a dig from Vince McMahon of them dropping the belt because she said some unfavorable things about him on a recent radio show. Mm. And Vince found out about it. And then I also read that when she was backstage and found out they were losing, that she went on a tirade and actually ended up punching another female superstar accidentally. Not intentional. I did hear but that. But she did draw blood. I did hear that. So the thing that I'm looking at is this. You are not Brock Lesnar where Brock can come back behind and gorilla and throw a title at Vince McMahon and still keep his job. Mm-hmm. Now, I will go with this, and this is what many people are saying this morning, hot off the press. Thank you, CagesideSeats.com. They're saying whenever Vince puts something into a storyline on TV, 
it means he intends to make money off of it. Sasha is actually one of the highest merchandise selling women in WWE. He makes bank off of her. So he's not really looking to let her go. The rumor is he'll let her sit at home for the duration of her contract just to keep the merch going because he makes so much money in merch. But what they're now saying is this is a work. This reminds me a lot Vince Russo, Jeff Jarrett, Hulk Hogan. Jarrett comes in and lays down in the middle of the ring. Hulk Hogan puts his foot on him for the one, two, one, two, three. Just heard a, a recent podcast where Vince Russo said Hogan was in on it. Well, Hogan that, knew what was going to happen. That was that. I don't believe any of that because there were lawsuits that happened after that. And there Vince were, Russo said, Vince Russo said that there are people that could corroborate that Hogan knew and that he he filed a lawsuit because he was in his feelings, but because Russo didn't call him on that Monday. I don't now, believe let me a go word back to Vince Russo said. I'm talking about Sasha. That's okay. And so go back to Sasha. This could be a work. This could be a work to get her over. This could be a work because everybody's fleeing to AEW. So Vince could be saying, well, let's use a little bit, a little bit of that inside our storyline. I'm not saying that it is. I'm not saying that it's not. I'm just saying is Sasha really worth the hassle? Well, I think that, you know, so, so you said a lot there. Let me start by saying this. Um, I don't give Vince credit for being as clever as he could be. As we have seen over time, there are things that we have thought up that have actually been super brilliant, and uh, they listened, and other things they did not. Um, you know, if we were thinking about brilliance, brilliance would not let amazing teams like Sanity, who absolutely killed in NXT, barely have any time on uh, SmackDown. What are you brilliant. talking about? The Viking experience is hot. Oh, we oh, I didn't even get to that, and we'll we'll talk about that in a second too. But there's I a can't whole, get there fast enough. I, uh, uh, so the issue, I think we have a couple of issues. Number one, I don't think this is Vince being clever. I do think one of the things that Vince and WWE has chosen to do over time is when there are rumors out there, there was a time where they would ignore everything. Now they're going, hey, everybody's social media savvy. The people are seeing it. So we're not going to ignore it. We're going to go ahead and acknowledge it. And acknowledge it, they are. They've been doing that in commentary. But what I also think is equally telling is the fact that they're not saving a seat for Sasha. You know, saving a seat for Sasha would have meant an automatic rematch for the Boss and Hug Connection. After all, they are the first tag team champions no other team would be more qualified to get that instead because sasha no shows on raw uh bailey goes on and i'm i I could imagine bailey saying hey listen sasha can do what sasha wants but i'm still here so bailey next the next week gets or sasha the next week gets replaced by naomi then all of a sudden we saw what happened with bailey on tuesday night the bottom line is the the ship keeps on moving the train (laughs) keeps on moving and sasha banks i just want to say this i was very vocal about sasha banks last week and how she should really be grateful for an opportunity to have worked three wrestlemanias for the opportunity to have held the women's championship on four different occasions for the opportunity to be one of the first 
WWE Women's Tag Team Champions of the modern era. She should have been grateful. And there are people who are saying, why is it that when people like Naomi and Sasha ask uh you know for something better we say they should be grateful but indie folks like cm punk or Pac do their own thing and we applaud them let's first of all not make this the thing that you want to make it people want to make this an issue of race it's not an issue of race let's be honest Pac and cm punk were both better performers than sasha banks and naomi period point blank has nothing to do with sex or race and for a Sasha Banks here's here's my issue my issue is this this is a competitive sport and whether you whether you believe that it's scripted or not it is still a competitive sport where you are elevated based on your work ethic your performance your faithfulness dare I say your ability to come in early and stay late your dedication all of those things factor in Sasha Banks has not proven to be a dependable and reliable performer. Sasha Banks has botched more things than almost any of the other female wrestlers. Perhaps the only one who has botched it more might be Dana Brooke. But I, you know, it's not. And for the level of attention that Sasha Banks has received, she's not handled it well. Let's face it, you're a four-time champion who has lost every time. I don't blame that on bad booking. I blame it on the fact that you're 96 pounds soaking wet and you've not proven yourself to utilize all that well because you have a bad attitude. Listen, even Michael Jordan lost games. LeBron James has lost games and has lost championships. LeBron doesn't sit and pout somewhere and threaten to leave the NBA. No, he goes back does his work on the offseason, comes back and either makes a trade, works hard on his team, and does something to improve. I believe this. If Sasha Banks decides to go to AEW, which she can do, um, I don't know if she lasts very long in AEW. Listen, those are some wrestlers down there. They are wrestlers. Don't, they- don't, don't, don't get it twisted. Those are some wrestlers. Cody is looking to build a wrestling program. Yes. And Sasha's and so, not going to be able to, 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 you know, sashay around there and, and throw her little weight around. You're only 27 years old and you've not developed. You're not Charlotte. You're not Becky. And quite frankly, you're not even Bailey. Because at least, say what, I mean, you, say what you want about Bailey. Bailey shows up. I, 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 go, I go back to what, what really was still a good match. But it could have been an epic moment, which was Hell in a Cell, Charlotte versus uh, uh, Sasha, where I, she couldn't even break the table. Nope. She couldn't even break the table. No. Falling from a I large mean, distance. Charlotte almost nearly had to kill her yeah. to to win the match. Yeah. And by that time, we all are, 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 are woke, if you want to use that term, to what's happening and what should happen mm-hmm. and what it should look like. And here's the truth. Sasha has not mattered since Charlotte moved on. This is this is true. This is very true. Her and Charlotte. Remember, they were the first women to close Raw. Yes, they closed Raw well, in the modern era. With, in the modern era, with that, that, that with, 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 what does she have in like a Boston Crab through the rail? Yeah, yeah, in the yeah, crowd. Yeah. My yeah. God, that yeah. thing was sweet. Yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you this though. 
Ooh, I, I'm gonna get in trouble with myself for saying this. Mm-hmm. That 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 feud. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've seen anything like it in the ring since then. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the women, because mm-hmm. that thing was special. Mm. That thing was special. This is just one of those days. I see. No, 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 no. Just keep that's just twice. stay focused and go on to the next topic. Yes, that's twice. That's twice. No, no, one no, more, go to the one next more topic. for the trifecta. So, no, no, no. Um, just go to the next topic. You know, topic. here's the thing. I think you made a great point, and that is that the WWE number one. Honestly, they've moved on. So. Nobody really misses Sasha right now. Oh, and man. Now, what about her husband? He works wardrobe behind the scenes. He does, and apparently he has, in solidarity, done the same thing. Um, here's my thought, and I know a lot of people were upset talking about Naomi um, you know, and Sasha in the same breath. Well, Naomi apparently did something right because she got drafted to Raw and got a pin over the tag team champions. So I think really... Sasha may have missed a huge opportunity. Can you imagine if Sasha had stayed, had not gone off the deep end? Perhaps they would have gotten a rematch for the tag titles. Perhaps she may have been moved to SmackDown. You know, there are a lot of potential options that she could have been a part of. She could have gotten herself into a great feud with Asuka or, or who knows. But instead, she has thrown herself out of the picture. And here's one thing Vince is not a fan of. Vince is not a fan of you picking up your ball and going home. Listen, if Stone Cold Steve Austin, the biggest star in the sport, took his ball and went home thinking that WWE would fail, they did not. And when he came back, he ended up having to apologize, and he never was the Stone Cold he was before that happened. So Only two people have left WWE and it almost tainted. And that was Hall and Nash. Hall and Nash left and what they created put WWE in such a scramble that it forced them to have to really find some, uh, I, I just a way to stay above water. In, 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 in the words of uh, Cornette, they took the water coolers out of the building. Yeah, you know, I, I would actually agree with that because even when Hogan went to WCW, Oh, it didn't do much. Um, it, di- it didn't bother them because they, they had Bret Hart. They had Shawn Michaels. They were already working on what they had in the new generation. They even had Kevin Nash. Can, 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 can we please give Bret Hart his due? People don't give Bret Hart. There would be no WWE today if there was not a Bret Hart. Bret I Hart agree. was the first small man to put the, the company on his shoulders. When Vince was going from muscle bound to little dudes, Bret Hart, and this is what I say, Bret Hart is the Janet Jackson. It's just like the music industry. The music industry wants to act like that it went from Madonna to Beyonce. No, there was Janet Jackson holding it down in the interim. That is Bret the Hitman Hart, but we don't give him his credit. Well, and it's interesting, and I, and I think part of the reason Bret Hart doesn't get his credit is because of the Montreal Screwjob, and then he went to WCW and had a lackluster run at WCW, yeah, ultimately, well, that- ultimately causing him his concussion. He would never get back in the ring, and uh, he didn't get a chance to really finish that legacy like he should have. I do agree that Vin- or Bret Hart was an integral part, but he was even more of an integral part uh Back in the 80s with the formation of the Hart Foundation. 
that tag team became a, a an absolute juggernaut from the 80s into the 90s um creating some amazing moments and that really set him up for his solo launch um as both intercontinental champion and wwe champion uh, and again he was one of the driving forces behind that attitude era think about it if Bret yeah, Hart versus Shawn Michaels doesn't happen, we Ooh. don't get the Montreal screw job. We don't get Mr. McMahon, and we probably don't get what we consider to be the Attitude Era. So, Agreed. yeah, it's it's interesting. It's very very interesting. So, and we, mm-hmm. we don't get wrestling with shadows in the in the scene of Vince limping. I mean, just being carried out after being yeah. punched in the mouth. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot we don't get if that doesn't happen. So it's pretty crazy. So we'll move from that to the injury report. Man, the injuries are just massive right now. One right after the other. You've got uh, Nia Jax, who is out with two torn ACLs. I mean, that's really hard to do. But uh, apparently she had been working with uh, some knee issues for a while and just wanted to get through Mania. You've got Big E who is out with a torn meniscus. He'll be out for uh, quite a while. There's rumor that Daniel Bryan is working and suffering from injury. We've not seen him on SmackDown. Uh, we Actually, we've not seen him since WrestleMania. And so with all these injuries, it's time to revisit a question we've asked before, but it's worth asking again. Does the WWE need an offseason? Not as much as it needs a weight loss program. Oh, you know what? I'm not doing this with you. I'm not doing this Listen, with you. You're two, not going two, to be smart this Two of the way. three. Two of the three wrestlers you named are overweight. That's not now, true. Are, are they strong true. people? Yes, it is. Biggie, if you look at the American society of what they say overweight is, now I know that that doesn't matter. I know. Of, oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, I know it's not. Fair because America, the, the thing says that we all should be uh, beanpoles, but but according to that, there is morbid obesity in two of the three. The man is and incredibly so, mu- now. now and, I and, can't call it. You so, can't call it morbid if, if, obesity if, based. It's got to be based more so on the uh, the percentage of, of fat as opposed to what that. No, that, no, no. That, that, no, it the, does. The the, the 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 number system according to the American society. Is that if you are a certain height and a certain weight, no matter what it is, it is considered morbid obesity. Y'all don't and let, all don't I'm let saying him do is this that, to you guys. Don't all, let him do this all, to you all I'm saying is this. If two of the three are having difficulty with their lower extremities because the extreme nature of weight that they're putting on them. And you can't be flopping all off the ring ropes and jumping off of stuff and running in the rings, putting all that... Years and years of warning, warning, warning. Woo! Nothing here, Pop let, 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 Let's just remind you that Biggie's injury happened during his six man tag match last week on SmackDown. So that's that. Uh, as for uh, Daniel Bryan, of course, he's been working on injury. Fresh on him for that long. Oh my God, I'm not, I'm not. So again, the question is does the WWE and pro wrestling in general. Need an offseason. Daniel Bryan needs to eat meat. First off, if the boy had eaten some bison, some goat, some beef, fish, or chicken, when you eat that food, 
it munches down and it goes into the crevices of your blood system oh, and it goes into you to the layers of what, what do, you, do they need an off season i i, I think that I, I honestly think they do need an off season uh i i know it's it's it, it would be new to the wrestling world but i think lucha uh lucha underground has the off season yeah i think it would benefit them and i think especially when you have these like nxt to keep you going i think you could afford it but now with these new deals there ain't no way they're gonna do it yeah you know here's the problem to all of this i absolutely do think that wwe needs an off season quite frankly i think that could even legitimize them even more as a sport if you consider all other sports have off seasons um you know you look at baseball football basketball soccer um you know even tennis tennis isn't necessarily year round but the thing with tennis too is tennis doesn't have an event every week you know golf doesn't have an event every week i think wwe um for the longevity of its performers really has to consider this now lucha underground i think for on one hand was a great example for how seasons could go the problem with lucha is they didn't tour they didn't do anything to keep the product fresh in front of people, so it really ended up doing more harm than good. But I think that was more of an aspect of not touring the product than it was actually having seasons. The other thing I think that they, and here's where I think they've gotten themselves into a jam. It's like, you know, if you've ever worked in a sales department, you know that rarely does a sales department ever lower their sales goals. Their sales goals, you know, once they figure out you can do this stretch goal, then the stretch goal becomes the norm. And now they push you even more to get more money and more money and more money. I think that's what we're seeing with WWE, you know, back in the 80s when they would tape all of their shows and, you know, they might have been on the road a whole lot, but it was just a different situation when they started seeing that they could make more money going live you know they did that then they could strike these huge deals with usa and then you know you're making money from house shows then you have the network then you have merch then you have you know now you know now three pay-per-views a year isn't enough we got to do six now we got to do one a month yeah you know it, it it just it is to a point and here's the problem with all that. The problem with all of that is the wrestling styles overall have become a bit more hard-hitting. There's a lot more danger involved. In the 80s, you weren't doing flips. You know, the, the biggest thing that you were happening happening aerially was the superfly leap off the top rope. They weren't during her. And that was, and that was madness back that then. That was, oh my gosh, you know. So now ba- they're back doing, in the day, if you had a killer drop kick, that right. was... Uh, that was ideal. Right. Or if you did a head scissor, holy cow, you were considered a high flyer. Now there are so many ways for you to twist an ankle or to, you know, land in a crazy way and all those types of things. I just think that WWE has to really – because my concern is, okay, you keep getting guys injured and then what, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But speak, speaking of, you know, I, I heard Jim, Jim Ross said he loves a new wrestling, but it's just so many high spots. Guys are bound to get injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, can we all just agree that Aleister Black has one of the most beautiful arm drags you've ever seen? Yeah, well, Al- Aleister that, Black is an amazing performer. That he really, really arm is. drag, the um, guys, it go his arm drags yeah. are 
I, I, I want to dare say very reminiscent of Ricky Steamboat's. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. So I, I, I would love to see Anaya Jax not just be power. Yeah. I would love to see Big E not just be power. Not saying that that's the reason for the injury. But do you remember how great it felt to see Big Show and Braun Strowman wrestle one another? Yeah. Well, but you know what, though? That has a lot to do with their actual uh, athletic ability, right? You know, Big Show was a basketball player and could throw a drop kick from the top rope. You know, it was just the there, point. There, yeah, there, there are those videos out there. Yeah. yeah you know, it, I mean, he was doing Macho Man elbows from the top rope. You know, he was kind of limited because they were like, giants don't do that. But everybody which was bad, it, which was bad, because I think that could have made him really stand out. You know, it could have changed the game for big men. It really could have. So it's all super interesting. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some folks asking for their releases. This is all interesting. Plus getting you updated on the Crockett Cup from the NWA. That's happening next weekend. We're going to talk about that. And uh, we've got to get into Raw and SmackDown and this superstar shakeup. Who won? Who lost? We'll talk about that. But right now, let's go to some music from one of NXT's finest. It is the Velveteen Dreams theme song. It's called Velveteen, and it's coming from CFO. You've got it locked to the faction, powered by Bonnerfied Radio. It's me, CTP, the king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion and CEO and founder of TDP Yoga. You're listening to The Faction on Spotify Radio. And that's not a bad thing. That, my friend, is a good thing. Hey! Velveteen Dream. See 
And now an announcement. Ladies and gentlemen. Look, everyone. Belle and Ebenezer are in love. No, silly. Pain is in the building. <laughs> you can now listen to Bonafide Radio, courtesy of our new mobile app. Available for the iPod, iPad, and iPhone. Come on, you can do Find it. out the latest news, check out our podcast, or listen to us live. Listen. Right now on your phone. Why, yeah. Download the app today via the iTunes App Store by searching for Bonafide Radio or at iPhone.bonafideradio.com. I'm living in that 21st century. We got something to say. Listen. Would you like to take your business or service to the next level? Yeah. Consider adding Bonafide Radio to your marketing plan. I can't wait. We will gladly share your product with our listeners in a creative, efficient, affordable, and professional manner. This is so gnarly. For more information, scroll to the bottom of our website and click Advertise. Uh-huh. Or email us directly at sales at getbonafide.com. I know you're going to dig this. We are the faction. One, two, three. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Hey, welcome back to the faction. This is Courtney, and that was Velveteen Dreams theme song. GB, we got some more news. We do, because as we're kind of living still somewhat in the afterglow of WrestleMania, the world of pro wrestling continues to march forward as the NWA, along with Ring of Honor, New Japan, and CMLL, present to us the Crockett Cup. The Crockett Cup takes place next Saturday, April the 27th, um, in North Carolina, and we do have some information on the brackets for the Crockett Cup. Eight teams will be involved, uh, representing Ring of Honor, New Japan, CMLL, and the NWA. So, Block A features the Briscoe. Well, I'll come back to that. Block A starts with, from uh, New Japan, Satoshi Kojima and Yuji Nagata against Ring of Honor's PCO and Brody King. That should be interesting. Block A also features the Briscoes, the former tag team champions, against, and this is not a typo, folks, the Rock and Roll Express. (laughs) The same Rock and Roll Express who was involved in 1985, 86, 87, yeah. In Block B from Ring of Honor, you have Flip Gordon and Bandito taking on CMLL's Stuka Jr. and Guerrero Mayo Jr. And in the final Block B match, you have the NWA's team of Jax, Dane, and Crimson taking on the winners of a wild card battle royal, which will take place that night. So basically, we know seven of the eight teams. Um, Also on that card, all of the major NWA championships will be on the line. Uh, The NWA National Champion, Willie Mack, defends against Colt Cabana. The NWA Women's Champion, Jazz, takes on former Impact star Sienna. And, of course, Nick Aldis defends the NWA Championship against Marty Skrull. So, what are your thoughts on this lineup for the Crockett Cup? And is it doing what it needs to do to boost the NWA and restore the value of the Crockett Cup? Uh, it's it's noble. 33 years later, I mean, it's it, it, it's very, very noble. Uh, if you aren't a fan of, of familiar with the Crockett Cup, some of the winners have been the Road Warriors, Hawk and Animal in 86, 
the superpowers Nikita Koloff and Dusty Rhodes in 87, Sting and Lex Luger in 1988. And this Crockett Cup spanned the likes of the Louisiana Superdome, uh, the, the Baltimore Arena, the Greenville Memorial Auditorium, Greensboro Coliseum, and now on over to the Cabarrus Arena. <laughs> in Concord. Over in Concord, North Carolina. Yeah. Now, in Concord, where the Hardy Boys are from? No, they are from... Look, Cameron. 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 Yes, yes. Cameron, my bad. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to, to see the Crockett Cup go from Louisiana Dome 78,000 to 5,500, it's not the Crockett Cup as we know it, but when you start looking at the brackets, you have the Briscoes versus the Rock and Roll Express. Uh, the Rock, I mean, I don't even know if the Rock and Roll Express can get into the ring, and I certainly don't want to see them do a double drop kick these days. No. Uh, Flip Gordon and Bandito versus uh, Stuka J, is that right? And Guerrero Maya Jr.? Yes. They're trying, GB. Mm-hmm. They're, I mean, they got to do something. They, they, they have a company. You got to put a card forward. They're trying to rely, rely off nostalgia. The thing that I'm looking forward is a, to is this. Nick Aldis and Marty Skrull are going to tear the house down. Yes. That's going to be a great match. Mm-hmm. Willie Mack and Coke Cabana is just going to be some good wrestling. Mm-hmm. They're going to tell a great story. Yeah. Jazz versus Sienna is going to be a good match. Mm-hmm. So we're certain that three of the matches, the Crockett Cup will get people into the building. Mm-hmm. The Crockett Cup, I don't think, was going to be the thing people talk about. So this has a chance to be a one and done if they don't do it right. You know, sadly, uh, mm-hmm. Triple H did it right when he he should have named the Dusty Rose Tag Team Invitational Crockett Cup. Yeah, uh, and they because that's didn't really have the what he's doing. To it, though that's probably what it was. They didn't have the rights to it. I would imagine somewhere Jim Crock is like, I'm not selling. <laughs> well, here's the funny part. I think you nailed it. Dusty, the Dusty Rhodes Classic uh, was a far more competitive both on paper and in person uh, event from a tag team invitational uh, type of situation than this Crockett Cup. You mean to tell me that all Ring of Honor could spare for you are, well, I shouldn't say all, because truth of it, the Briscoes is one of their best teams. PCO and Brody King are the former tag team champions. Flip and Bandito, I can't say they've been a real team, but, you know, both are currently uh, Ring of Honor superstars. So Ring of Honor did contribute three of the eight teams here. Uh, Jackson Crimson is really the only NWA team. The Rock and Roll Express, I mean, I can't call them NWA. I think we can just call them past their prime. We can call them NWA veterans if we want. Uh, Kojima and Nagata is the only representation from Ring of Honor. CMLL sent uh, Stuka and Maya Jr. And we don't know who's going to win this wild card. Um, An eight-team battle uh, like this, I I don't know. I, I, I mean, to me, for instance, we already know there's no way the Rock and Roll Express defeats the Briscoes, right? Um, And you figure... PCO and Brody King will probably beat Kojima and Yuji Nagata. Um, so your block A is going to be basically Ring of Honor. Your block B, Jackson Crimson, are former NWA tag team champions. They'll probably beat whoever the wild card is. I would imagine Flip and Bandito will win their match. I, I don't know. It just doesn't. It doesn't have that feeling like what the NWA Crockett Cup tournament once did. You had 16 teams in those tournaments 
who anybody could have won. I mean, and you had greatness there. You had, you know, Arn and Tully. You had the Road Warriors. You had, you know, the Fantastics. You had the, 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 the Rock and Roll Express when they were a premier tag team. So this, I, hmm. we'll see. It'll be available on pay-per-view. So it'll be very interesting to see how this rolls out but from the nwa's crockett cup which certainly is a bit of a shakeup, to the superstar shakeup that kicked off this past monday on monday night raw courtney tell us all about it Nunez in direct from montreal quebec bell center <laughs> i didn't know what just happened i was like what the Miz confronted Shane McMahon and things took off to the races. NXT Tag Team Champions, the Viking Experience? Hmm. Hmm. And the Revival defeated Raw Tag Team Champions Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, Alistair Black, and Ricochet. Andrade defeated Intercontinental Champion Finn Balor. Lars Sullivan, he's just killing all the greats, huh? Attacked Rey Mysterio. And the Usos, welcome to Monday Night Raw, defeated Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. Sami Zayn appeared on A Moment of Bliss. Bailey and Naomi defeated the women's WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, the Iconics. Braun Strowman chokeslammed EC3 through the stage. Poor EC3. Mm. I mean, poor EC3. Raw and SmackDown Women's Champ Becky Lynch, Becky Two Belts as we call her, defeated Ruby Riot. Then Natalya and Lacey Evans challenged Lynch to a Raw Women's title match. Lacey Evans defeated Natalya to earn a Raw Women's Championship opportunity against Becky Lynch. And Universal Champion Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, and AJ Styles mm. defeated Drew McIntyre, Baron Corbin, and Bobby Lashley. GB. What did you think of Monday Night Raw? Well, uh, I had a lot of thoughts. I first want to start with, uh, and you did mention them. I want to just kind of uh, document this for all of our listeners who are looking to determine who exactly went to Monday Night Raw. It was the following. As you mentioned, AJ Styles, The Miz, Ricochet, Aleister Black, War Machine slash the Viking Experience, who are now oh, known yeah. as Eric and Ivar. We'll have that conversation, I promise, in a second. Andrade, Zelina Vega, Rey Mysterio, The Usos, Naomi, EC3, Lacey Evans, Eric Young, and from 205 Live, Cedric Alexander. So... As for what I thought about Monday Night Raw, I'll start by saying I'll echo the words of uh, our friend Will Smith from Suplex City and One, Two, Three Pins. Wow, Raw was over? That was actually an entertaining three hours. Um, I would say this. I think whenever you get superstars showing up uh, out of nowhere and it's done well, um, it's a win. I think this is the show that should have happened the night after Mania. Um, where we were looking for changes and things like that. Some of these moves to Raw uh, are pretty cool. I think the most concern. Well, there are a couple of really concerning ones. Let's start with the obvious one, War Machine, which I would have been happy to see War Machine come over. But how do you change their entire names? You don't tell the audience. Everybody's chanting war, 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 but apparently they're not the war machine anymore. They're not Hanson and Rowe as we have known them their entire career. Even in NXT, 
They're Eric and Ivar. I don't know who's who. They're still the NXT Tag Team Champions, so we've got some questions to answer there. Yet they did not come out with the NXT Tag Team belts, which makes me think, okay, they have, they have or will be losing these belts soon. Um, it just, you know, if it's not broke, why are we trying to fix it? The War Machine, um, excuse me, War Raiders, sorry, um, were never broken. It didn't need fixing in coming to WWE. So I, I was really disturbed by that because that was one of those moves that just made no sense. I, I still forever will call them War Machine because yeah. you actually introduced me to them, GB. The, the, these are not scrubs, no. okay? We're talking about guys who are two-time IWGP Tag Team Champions. True. They, for years, have made the top 100 tag team in singles wrestlers. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were 108 and 97 on the singles wrestling mm -hmm. when it comes to 2016. They are Ring of Honor champions. They are what culture champions? Mm -hmm. They're NXT tag team champions. So we rocked with you when you went from War Machine to War Raiders. We're like, we get it. But the ain't, ain't nobody checking for a Viking. No. See, this is that stupidity that I'm talking about. You mean to tell me so, so the rumor is is that Vince has an issue with the word war. Really? But yet, but yet, Raw is war. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm so sick of this double back. Let those guys go on their social media and say it's time for a Viking experience or something to warm us up to it. But you can't bring out Patty Labelle and tell us she's Tony Braxton. And expect we know to better. believe it. I don't care if she's singing seven whole days or seven small days. <laughs> it is still Patty LaBelle. <laughs> yeah, this was, you know, for, for an organization that has brought us masterpieces like the Millennial Man, uh, Chris Jericho, and they have given us incredible debut moments. You know, you think about. Uh, Adam Cole debuting uh, and how they brought us the Undisputed Era and all of the other super cool debuts that have happened in WWE. This, and I rarely use a word like this on this show, but this sucks. Like, it this is really, it, it does. In, in for, for, listen, WWE, you have made our valedictorian cuss. Yeah, it, it, his, I, his, his, his prowess is greater than sucks. I'm, but this is what you diminished him to. It, it 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 well let me let me go into what I would normally go. This reeks of the antediluvian WWE treatment of the eighties, where when people would come over, you would erase who they were, and you would make them over in your own image. Now, where this becomes insulting is you're erasing them from the what? You're erasing them from of all places. Um. Your own creation, NXT. Listen, and, and this is you know, and so and so they were getting drug on social media, and what I just wrote to you is the name that somebody said they're gonna bring up an NXT uh, guy, and that's what they're gonna name him. <laughs> and I want you to say that out loud. <laughs> what does that say? <laughs> Let me look again because I was just like, what? They're gonna Kristen. name one of the guys that. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> K R I S P E N last name. W-A-H, Chris Benoit. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they looked over at the... 
That's brilliant. They, 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 they posted a picture of, of the uh, Undisputed Era and said, man, we can't wait for Calvin, Larry, Wallace, and Dale to get over here, too. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it is, it's, it's an insult. Like, I don't understand why WWE is doing this to its fans that it says we've not treated you right. So let me get this right. You, you know that you've got a lot of fans that are supporting the NXT product in a wrestling city like Montreal. Why would you oh, take, man. why would you do this? I, oh. The Viking, it, it, it's like having the Usos coming over and call, calling them the Tan Express. Right. Like what? I, I don't. He does this. That's, the, that, that's why you take somebody from the beloved Wyatt family and make them the bludgeon family. Yeah, like it's it's just a, a really dumb, dumb move. So. It's, 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 it's switching. Uh, what was the man who run uh, Sin Cara's and expecting us not to notice that <laughs> right. Sin Cara over a week has gone from Sasha Banks weight to <laughs> looking like a uh, uh, Walter. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to do flips and whatnot. It's hilarious. Jumping in the ring. So I'll say this. So it seems to it seemed to be certainly a, a thing where if you came over in the superstar shakeup, uh, you were gonna win your match. And everybody who performed uh, that made the jump won their match. Except for one. E C three. Poor EC3. What has EC3 done to Vince McMahon to be absolutely buried like this? I mean, he's not. I, I, I think he's won maybe one match on television since he's come up, and that was against the leaving Dean Ambrose. Um, EC3 has been a whipping bag. EC3 does not resemble at all the man who went nearly two years undefeated in TNA. He doesn't resemble the man who was a TNA world champion. He doesn't resemble the man whose uh, return match to NXT was the big North American ladder match or for the uh, North American title uh, at WrestleMania weekend at TakeOver New Orleans last year. He doesn't resemble any of that. He is the new Bob Bradley. He is the new Barry Horowitz, and I don't understand why. He has the look that Vince wants. He has the athletic prowess. I don't understand. If this is the case, just let him free and let him go pursue somewhere else. But this is terrible. I'm wondering, and this is just me, and this is high high speculation. I have nothing. Uh, we all know that TNA had a slew of guys come over as writers. Yeah. Is this some old TNA beef happening? Are they that's burying him on purpose? That, now, that's something I hadn't thought of. That's really interesting. You know, are, 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 are those guys burying, are, you know, is he paying dues for something that happened over there? It is just the oddest thing. Yeah. He came over as a hot free agent. He did. He did. And he has the Vince McMahon look. He does. I don't understand. It's it, 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 now it is crazy on a night where Vince does typical Vince stuff like renaming the War Raiders that he then turns around and takes his prototype and buries him. I don't understand it. It buries. Um, let me ask you this: uh, Who do you think was the best move to Raw? 
AJ Styles by far. Okay. AJ, because here, here's what happens. is Everybody knows that Vince McMahon, that Raw is his baby. SmackDown has always been uh, uh, what he had to create. It wasn't what he wanted to create. Uh, AJ Styles is more of the type of a champion Vince McMahon wants on the main product. He wants to be able to take an AJ Styles, his look, and put him before the public. So it's a, it's a typical Vince McMahon move. So that's probably the hottest thing that's going to happen. Now, I have a different perspective on that. Thoughts. Um, Go for it. Now, I do think AJ was a big move. I think an equally big move was The Miz. Um, I think The Miz returning to Monday Night Raw, given all that he's done for SmackDown. And the truth of it is they have moved The the Miz between Raw and SmackDown the last two to three years. Every year he ends up moving, which says to me he is a valuable commodity uh, for whatever show that he's on. And I think that it's interesting that they took it was interesting. They took guys who are clearly the future, like Ricochet and Aleister Black and Andrade. You know, they took the best tag team in the Usos. And quite frankly, I think they really built their tag team division um, in a significant way by adding the War Raiders. No, I'm not going to call them the Viking experience by adding the War Raiders and the Usos and Aleister and Ricochet to the official Raw roster. You know, it makes the current tag team champions of also Rands, uh, that being Zack Ryder and uh, the losing streak boy, it makes it look as ridiculous <laughs> as the B team being tag team champions when you've got real tag teams there. So I hope that for them, this ends up being a big move for Monday Night Raw and what Raw needed to become better. I'm going to address this idea of SmackDown being the child Vince didn't want after the break because I actually have a different theory about that and I think that theory is proven by who ended up on Smackdown so what we're going to do we're going to take a break when we come back we're talking about the superstar shakeup and its impact to Smackdown 205 Live and NXT were also impacted as well we'll talk about that and then who is asking for their release in WWE all that and more but right now let's go to some music speaking of uh those unique gentlemen who are they dale and cole and andy and mike oh they were once known as the undisputed era here's their theme song from cfo you've got it locked to the faction powered by bonnerfied radio it's me ddp the king of bada bing the master of the diamond cutter the three times three times three times world champion and ceo and founder of ddp yoga you're listening to The Faction on Bonafide Radio. And that's not a bad thing. That, my friend, is a good thing. Bang! Shock the system.
This is Tracy Lynn, and I want you to take a journey with me through the jazzy side of Bonnerfied Radio. Every Tuesday at 2 p.m., tune in to Melodic Grooves right here on GetBonnerfied.com or via the Bonnerfied Radio app. Bonnerfied Radio, radio the way it's supposed to be. This recap of The Remix is sponsored by Domingo Mijo. Born Stanley Martin Lieber in New York City in 1922, Lee entered the comic book world as a teenage assistant in 1939. Stanley Lieber was the Joe Jackson of comic books. Mm. I don't even know how to feel about that. Yeah, I, just, I, I almost think he was greater than a Joe Jackson. I don't, ain't nobody greater than Joe Jackson now. Wait a minute. That's when you messed up. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, no, 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 no. Why you did that? Wait, why you did that? What I don't know why you did that, GB. Why you did that? Dan Lee had a whole universe down in, in his head, in his, in his mind. <laughs> James. <laughs> James. The remix on Bonafide Radio. We hear Thursdays, 2 p.m. Eastern. Here on Bonafide Radio. Radio the way it's supposed to be. Exclusively on the remix. Don't miss it. Don't miss it at all. We are the faction. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Hey, welcome back to the faction that was Undisputed Era's theme song by CFO. GB, let's jump into SmackDown. All right, SmackDown Live marked the second consecutive night that the WWE was at the Bell Center in Montreal, Canada. Now, help me, because I feel like this was the same building where the infamous Montreal Screwjob happened. I feel like because um... it, it was certainly in Montreal feels like this was the same building. I'm going to come back to that and let you know. All right. You'll let me know. So, oh, it, it is. It is. Yes. 1997. That's what but, I but, but But it was called the, it was called Centre Belle. Aha. Back yes. then. And they probably so they've still, switched the words. No, nah, they probably still call it that way in French, but us English people just call it the Bell Center. So, yeah, <laughs> it kicked off with the Kevin Owens show. He's Montreal's favorite son. And um, the New Day was his interviewees where he decided he would be now the Big O and an honorary member of the New Day to take on Shinsuke Nakamura, to take on Rusev and Cesaro. Well, we got our first look at the superstar shakeup from SmackDown as the Intercontinental Champion who wore blue on Monday Night Raw gave us a foreshadowing of things to come as he would take the Intercontinental Championship over to SmackDown and defeat Ali. Charlotte Flair defeated Carmella uh, after R-Truth, of course, and Carmella had their little dance break, etc., etc. Then we discovered that Lars Sullivan, who's been attacking everybody, including R-Truth, is now part everybody. of the, now part of the SmackDown roster. So then, Becky Two Belts showed up uh, to talk, and Becky Two Belts was... Let's see, interrupted by a few people. Let's see, it started with Bailey, 
who became one of the newest actually started with Ember Moon, I'm sorry, who was one of the newest members of SmackDown. Then it was followed by Bailey, who announced that she's no longer a tag team competitor. All of her hugs are over, and she is a single superstar. Then we got Mandy Rose and excuse me, we got the iconics who talked about they're the ones with two belts, which it was kind of nice to hear championship titles referred to as belts so much in WWE that rarely ever happens. Paige came out and said she was going to reveal her new tag team. Then comes Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, only to find out, nah, it's not absolution. Instead, it's this new amazing team of Asuka and NXT's Kyrie Same. Then, in the spirit of Teddy Long, we had an eight-woman tag team match that saw Asuka, Kyrie Sane, Ember Moon, and Bailey defeat the Iconics, Mandy Rose, and Sonya Deville. In the main event, WWE Champion Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods, and Kevin Owens, a.k.a. The Big O, defeated Cesaro, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Rusev. Then Mr. McMahon came out to reveal the biggest acquisition in SmackDown Live history, out comes Elias, which all had us scratching our heads. After all, the same Vince McMahon once called and anointed a certain Drew McIntyre at a very young age, and... That still didn't exactly happen. Well, Mm. we don't know that Elias is the man because Elias was once again interrupted by what really they are believing as the biggest acquisition. Roman Reigns is on Team Blue as he comes out, beats up Elias, and then throws a mighty Superman punch to Vince McMahon. This is all so very interesting as SmackDown takes a new look. So let me track this for you. Here's all the folks that showed up as part of the SmackDown uh, superstar shakeup: Roman Reigns, Finn Balor, Elias, Bailey, Ember Moon, Kyrie Sane, Lars Sullivan, Liv Morgan. Hmm. They didn't talk about that one. Liv Morgan, uh, who kind of breaks up the Riot Squad. Chad Gable is back on SmackDown. Apollo Cruz has moved to SmackDown. Mickey James has moved to SmackDown. And then weren't we all ready for Heavy Machinery? Yeah, yawn. Um, interestingly <laughs> enough, the former cruiserweight champion, Buddy Murphy, now makes his home on SmackDown Live. All right. What are your thoughts on SmackDown Live and the Superstar Shake? Hey, Buddy Murphy actually had a really good um, promo. Yeah, he did. I actually liked the promo. Yeah. He, he felt like a big boy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I was really, really digging it. What? Huh. When are we going to get Mr. McMahon off TV? Right. It's 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 unneeded. Yes, we we, we 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 don't need it. You bring Elias and Roman over on the same night, and they just feuding like they always been feuding on Raw. Right. And right. Vince Man again comes out and gets punched in the kisser. And now Roman drew a little bit of blood. Now I don't know. There was a small amount of the the old Vinnie Mac bleeds a lot easier than the old than the uh I mean the new Vinnie Mac bleeds a lot easier than the old Vinnie Mac. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was as terrible as his suit that he wears. Yeah, yeah. It was floppy. Yeah, it didn't fit. Yeah. So I I just don't know, Vince. You got to come up with something new, man. I mean, you have a great opportunity to do something great. And you, 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 in your own words, you ruined it. You know, I think Vince suffers from what all the old boys suffer from. Once you get a bite of the bug of the business, you can't seem to let it go. 
and Vince McMahon does not transition well. Once he got a bug of being on television, you know, because for a while, you know, he was commentating and he just couldn't leave it alone. He was commentating into the Attitude Era and his voice represented a certain era of WWE, a rather unbelievable era of WWE. And so you needed voices like Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler to give us a new experience. Um, You know, Vince McMahon is 72 years old. There's no reason for him to be on television. Um, You know, he didn't need to be the one to make that announcement. Let me tell you something that has failed, right? So you remember they did away with all the general managers and they just said all the McMahons are running everything, right? We need a more visible presence. And then what they do? They disappeared, right? So now you have the inmates running the asylum. There is no general manager on Raw or SmackDown. There's no commissioner. There's a McMahon somewhere. I don't know. You got one of the McMahons who's more interested in in in-ring competition than he is actually being, you know, a manager or a commissioner. You got Vince being Vince. Triple H is handling NXT. So what does that leave Steph to do? sometimes show up on raw she never shows up on smackdown this was a mistake like mistake the whole issue with the general manager yo it was not broken that was working that was keeping us away from seeing vince every week i hate to say it but i need vince mcmahon to get comfortable being off television you're still you know what he reminds me of he reminds me of the singer excuse me he reminds me of the artist that only writes but doesn't sing but has to have their name at the front of a record. <laughs> like, dude, we recognize your pen. We know your work. Oh. You don't have to come up here and say a bunch of stuff before the song just so you can have your name on it. You're you're with the most money. You, you got the pen on it, right? Vince's pen is it's evident. We know his work. That's where you're getting the money. You're not getting the money for being on TV. So I think Vince has got to do something. Now, I'll say, well, let me ask you, how did you feel about the superstars that have moved to SmackDown? It it, it was lackluster, I still think. Um, and, and maybe it was lackluster because I've had a visible tension with this whole people showing up for the next uh, scene, I'll call it a scene, Mm-hmm. A next scene or next match in the middle of somebody doing the last thing. Oh, I that, get what you're saying. I, I, that I've weird had a transition. Yeah, yeah. It, it's weird. Yeah. So none of the people showed up with fanfare. Uh, I, I don't. I, as much as I love Paige on the microphone, I did not care for the way she even introduced the new team of Kyrie Sane and uh, and uh, Oscar. Oscar. Mm-hmm. So it's it's. It could have been done better. Yeah. Well, you know what would have really made it better? What's that? Talking smack. You know what actually? Having them on afterwards. Talking smack would have made it better. You you know what else would have made it better? I think instead of the superstar shakeup, they just need to go back to the draft. I liked the idea of the draft. It felt, again, much like major sports, NBA, uh, NFL. You know, these drafts mean something. And to me, when you have a draft situation, you know, it, it, it certainly still has the element of surprise, but there are also things you can do with it. You know, the fact that uh, Kevin Owens, you know, that year when he won the Universal Championship, he really played off the idea that I wasn't the number one draft pick. 
on yep. Monday Night Raw, you know, as opposed to a Seth Rollins who was a number one draft pick who could do something with it. Charlotte, who was the number one female draft pick. could I mean, like, I think you can do a lot more than just, hey, random people showing up and guess what? We're here. You know, I, I, I just... I think it could all be done better. With that said, I think SmackDown Live has proven with uh, a number of previous superstar shakeups that they have a system that works. And because they have a system that works, you can take out players and plug them in. The fact that Roman Reigns is on SmackDown Live says to me that SmackDown Live is about to become the official A brand. And they are getting ready. I don't know. For Fo- no, they're getting ready for Fox, man. You have to have Roman Reigns. Uh, and listen, we love AJ Styles. We know this. But l- let's just be honest. We still know that the face of WWE right now is Roman Reigns. So Roman Reigns being on SmackDown is a major, major move. And it says to me, we're ready to go to Fox. Listen, I, I, I agree with you, but to me, it reminds me of when Taker was just like, you know what, just put me on SmackDown and leave me. I'm, I'm the big dog. Put me on SmackDown and leave me. I'll be fine. I'll make it hot over here. I'll make it pop over here. It reminds me of that. I still think Vince's baby is raw. So I'm glad you mentioned that. I think I think here's what it is. I think, for one, Vince, uh, obviously, raw is the, the first child, okay? Um, yeah, he's the first Raw's the first child. I think as we all understand, there's always a special place for the firstborn. Um, I'm a firstborn and I know my mama loved me uh, and I, I would still go on record and say she loved me the best. But there's something special <laughs> about the firstborn. The secondborn tends to always fight for uh, favor with the parent. Um, yes, just because. You know what I mean? Like my my brother, who ended up being the middle child, ended up fighting a whole lot because he felt like he was in my shadow. I think SmackDown has felt like they've been in Raw's shadow. But I think this billion dollar deal with Fox changes that. Them being on two different networks is going to be good again because USA had a hard time marketing both Raw and SmackDown since they were both WWE. See, the casual fan doesn't understand the difference between Raw and SmackDown. It's all no, WWE. They, they don't get it at all. They don't. It's like the uh, the National League and the American League in in baseball. It's all baseball to them. You know, you have yeah. to do something significant. So I think having USA and Fox both marketing and advertising the WWE product is a major win and really can create once again a scenario where Raw and SmackDown can have true competition now i think where it's all going to get interesting is you know that first week in october could be one of the greatest weeks in the world of pro wrestling because that monday night is september the 30th you've got monday night raw that october the first you've got what looks to be the debut of aew on a turner network for two hours then of course wednesday night you've got um nxt as of right now on the wwe network and then on Friday on Fox, you've got SmackDown. Uh, Triple H has talked about a reimagined SmackDown for Fox, which I think is going to be crazy. You got to know this. They have never dealt with this much money relative to a television program. They are going <laughs> to do all that they can possibly. Remember how they came out the gate on the very first SmackDown. They left no stone unturned. And I promise you, this first SmackDown on Fox is going to be out of this world. 
So they're gearing up for it. You can market Roman Reigns and Finn Balor. You can market, which is probably why they've got Becky with both belts right now. And she'll probably keep both belts for a while. Oh, because, yeah, because Becky two belts can be marketed on Raw and SmackDown. Um, It's going to be interesting to see how they build things and what they do with it. But uh, I think we've got some interesting scenarios. And uh, yeah. Oh, so I meant to ask you a question. Relative to Monday Night Raw, because on Monday Night Raw, we finally saw the in-ring WWE debut of Lacey Evans, who got a big win over uh, Natalia to get the next shot at the Women's Championship. But do you think it's too much too soon? Yeah, yeah. And to to be very honest, she seems really green. Now, I'm not saying she is, Mm -hmm. but she feels like she doesn't even have TV timing yet. And she looks a little funny on TV. Her her outfit needs a little work. It seems like something that, you know, maybe someone in her family uh, 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 sent her and all that stuff. It just doesn't feel it doesn't feel right. So she it, it needs a little work. Let me say this. I remember seeing Lacey Evans in NXT. And, you know, I was actually very confused by her call-up. I was very confused by it because she never seemed ready for the big time. She never seemed yeah. ready. You know, uh, first of all, her – I'll say this carefully. Well, no, 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 no. I, I think this is why outfits are important because the idea is you should accentuate the positive. And yeah. she has a very lanky figure. So because yeah. she's tall and lanky, when you put high waist things on, that just makes her yeah. legs look even longer. Yeah. You know? And so that's not necessary. Not that not that there's a specific look you have to have, but you know, the the old school stockings and I, I just don't think it is a a a look that you want to build a division around. And it yeah. certainly looks like they're trying to put her in that position. I'll also say this. Usually it's not a good thing for a competitor to come in and their first you know, match or program ends up being for a championship. Because if they don't win the championship, there's nowhere for them to go from there. And uh, unless she wins this championship, she's going to plummet very, very fast. And GB, let 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 me let me say this. Um, there's somebody else on the roster who's not looking the same mm-hmm. in their outfit anymore, and that is Ember Moon. Um, one of the things that I, that I realize is when you make it to the main roster, the ability and the the tenacity to stay in shape has to be there because in NXT you're down at the training facility every day. They have weights. You wake up, but when travel gets involved, things change. And how many times have we seen wrestlers uh, not maintain the original physique they came in with? Now, this isn't me being uh, womanizing, but it is me saying recognize that Vince always pushes fitness. Yeah. Vince is in great shape. Triple H is always in ring shape. These guys travel, but their commitment to go into the gym as soon as they get off the plane is out of this world. Well, so I'll say this relative to Ember Moon. She is just coming back from injury. And so uh, I don't know if there was. And I think the injury, if my memory was correct, I think was to her arm. I think um, the one of the challenges and we've seen this with a number of folks, whether it was. Ember Moon, whether it was uh, Eric Rowan, uh, Harper, 
you know, a lot of people that off season can either do wonders for them or not. Some have come back bigger and better. Some have come back leaner and meaner. And some have just come back in in a rather forgettable way. I don't like the way that Ember Moon was brought back. Her first time back on TV was during the WrestleMania kickoff for uh, the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal. And then she just shows up with, I mean, this is Ember Ember Moon. She was a big deal when she came to WWE. She's a former uh, NXT Women's Champion. And there are very few women who can say that on the planet. So I I think, and I don't know. I don't know. I just, I, I... They got to do this better. And here's why they got to do this better. Because AEW, you know, everybody keeps talking about AEW. But the truth of it is very few organizations have made this level of fanfare without an actual event. You know, but what they're doing with Double or Nothing, you know, what they're doing with this uh, this Flight Fest situation, which I think is just brilliant. A whole take on the uh, Fire Festival and the matches that they have signed for that are incredible you know so right now we know of three events that that nxt aew are doing in may june july let's not miss that folks may june july that's an event a month that's pretty significant all of them are doing some big things wwe has got to be careful because there are wrestling options that are out there and when these people pay attention to these options it's gonna imp- listen. The fan is not going to care about a billion dollar deal if your Very content true. isn't great. They don't get off on that. They get off on great content. Period. It's like when record, you know, it's like when um, artists get signed to a new label. You know, for those of us in the industry, we're like, wow, that should do some great things. But sometimes that's done horrible things. You know, sometimes they end up producing content that's not authentic to who people need yeah. them to be and then all yeah. of a sudden people go nope i'm not buying that yeah and they move on so i think totally agree. they've got to be careful because aew is not playing games and with that said we know of two superstars from wwe who have recently requested their release one being luke harper the other being from sanity alexander wolf uh, and i've also seen killian dane Post some things as well as Eric Young was the only one of them that was moved to a brand. Uh, the other two really aren't doing much of anything. So here's my question. Of course, you know, just because you ask for your release from WWE doesn't mean it'll be granted. Um, do you think it'll be granted? And if so, where do you think these guys go? Because we also nah. say we say AEW, but AEW isn't the only option. Uh, and let me tell you something. Vinnie Mac is going to be willing to keep people at home. Uh, I'll, I'll go back to this. Cornette said, said in the podcast that he was paid to just go home and shut up. Yeah. They said, we don't want you to go anywhere. He said, they paid me handsomely to do nothing. Mm-hmm. Bischoff said, even when he signed with WWE, that he got paid. Vince will pay you to just not show up someplace else. Mm-hmm. So I think that the run of releases has almost run its course. Uh, I think your best option now is to say in advance you're not re-signing. Most of you guys are going to get buried. I'm almost thinking the only reason why Dean Ambrose didn't get buried is because he's friends with so many people. Well, that... That That that, was rare. 
That was rare air. I, I agree. Dean Ambrose's situation, it's so rare to even that this, you know, after they had the little send-off for him on Raw and things, now this Sunday there's another uh, huge event apparently happening on the WWE Network, the final run of The Shield, where I guess it's a live event where it could be Dean's last night, official last night with the company. Um, again, this is... We've not, we've never seen this before. They didn't do this for Razor. They didn't do this for uh, Kevin Nash. They haven't done it for anybody in recent memory. No, this which, is a new Vince McMahon. Well, it's either a new Vince McMahon or it's somewhat of a guarantee that maybe he's retiring. This is retirement treatment. This is what this is. This isn't you're leaving the company to pursue. I'm still holding pastures. a grudge. I'm still holding a grudge from that Stone Cold podcast. Uh, well, yeah, I don't think I've ever viewed him the same since the Stone Cold podcast, but that's another story. So, yeah, that's. But Heyman had gotten over either. Heyman's mentioned it recently. Did he? Yeah, uh, yeah. I was listening to something with Heyman, and he was talking about all the guys who couldn't beat Brock. He said, "Did you really think that, that Dean had the tenacity to beat Brock after what he said on Stone Cold's podcast?" Right. Well, it's true. It's true. There was no way he was beating Brock after that. Exactly. No he, way which he said, that's why Finn Balor can go 30 with Brock and look better. Mm, it's true. It's very, very true. Very true. Wow. Well, which, let me. What he didn't say is that WrestleMania was so long that Finn had to get his back touched up for paint because he got painted too early. Is that right? Yes, he got. And that's how long the show was. <laughs> yeah, it was a very long show. Uh, and I hope. For everyone's sake, that they that they don't go that long again. I don't. So raw, help us. I mean, SmackDown, help us out. Don't go to three hours. Well, but here's, but this is where it's going to be interesting. I think a lot of things for WrestleMania uh, 36, 36 will hinge on how this Fox deal goes, right? Like it. I've heard. I've heard a lot of rumors. I've heard the potential that with Fox, you know, they may want to end up showing it on free TV. Which would be crazy. Showing um, what? WrestleMania on Fox. Really? I've heard that as an option thrown around. Um, which, on one hand, I think to myself, that's crazy. But on another hand, wait a minute. If the, Super Bowl, if the Super Bowl can do it, they make their money from great advertising. So the question would be, who would pay a million dollars to advertise during WrestleMania? People the, would do it. And, and do you see? Do you know the caliber of celebrities we get then? Oh, oh we may get we may get a Jay Z. We, we might get a full on halftime show for crying out loud! Like you, you could get. All, I, I think this has potential to really be amazing if it's done right. I think uh, Vince is going to have to reimagine how business is done. Um, he doesn't necessarily have to do it the way it's always been done. Is it beneficial? And will Fox want WrestleMania? To strictly be on pay-per-view as opposed to being on Fox. Think about how many UFC battles are now on Fox as opposed to so many that were once on strictly pay-per-view. So I think there's some real opportunities that WWE is going to end up thinking about. And uh, we'll see them unfold certainly throughout this year. All right. Well, we're going to get out of here. What a fun show. I hope you guys have enjoyed our conversation today. We certainly have enjoyed bringing it to you here's how you can reach out to us by way of social media courtney at c major beard on instagram or courtney beard on facebook at c major beard on twitter let's get this thing popping and of course you can reach me at 
Bonnerfied on all aforementioned platforms. And then make sure you're following us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. So many nuggets that we're dropping on you. You don't want to miss a single one. So with that said, until next And keep next- writing us, guys. We see you. Keep writing us. Absolutely. We see you. You guys we have been see you. sharing some amazing things with us. And we love the conversations that are happening. It's been absolutely amazing. And it's going to continue. So until next time, it's Courtney, it's Clack, it's GB, and we are The Faction.